Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. We want to start on a different um, subject this morning and uh, this is the high turnover rate of staff, something that a lot of sectors have had to face recently. The childcare sector is no different and unfortunately that was also the case uh, before COVID-19. But a new survey has revealed that staff turnover in full-time childcare operators is now more than 40% percent. But how is all of this going to affect services and will it get worse going into the winter? Well, we have the Director of Policy and Advocacy with Early Childhood Ireland, Francis Byrne and Marion Quinn, who's Limerick-based, of course, from the Association of Childhood Professionals on the line to chat to us a bit more about this. And uh, good morning uh, to both of you. Uh, Marion, I know we've chatted to you about this before. So uh, are they old reasons that the turnover is so high or are there also new reasons on top of it, if you see what I mean. I do, yeah. Good morning, Joe. Um, yes, absolutely. There are old reasons um, for the staff turnover being so high. Um, and it comes down to, like what we've discussed before, in terms of the terms and conditions for the staff. Um, if, if you have very poor terms and conditions and the staff have increasingly more responsibility in terms of qualifications, documentation, etc., um, then, you know, people are not going to stay. They're going to decide, hang, hang on a second, I've got a degree or I've got a master's, I've got whatever qualification I've got. Um, I can get a job elsewhere um, that will pay more and that will allow me to be able to afford my life. So I'm going to leave um, the sector or I'm going to you know, go to another setting um, where maybe I'll get a few cents more um, because you know, I mean, they've got to afford their own lives. Now, obviously, it's not helped by the COVID um, situation. Uh, so in terms of the concerns, people with underlying health conditions or with care roles in the home um, you know, are, less, are you know, less likely to, to kind of stay in their workplace um, because they're working you know, without um, PPE. They're engaging with children who are you know, coming from multiple different families. Um, and, and it's an increased responsibility for them um, for you know, effectively... Um, little more than minimum wage in some cases and in, in about 60% of the cases it's, it's less than living wage. Mm. France, why does this matter to parents listening to the show this morning? Well, it, 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 good morning, Joe. Good morning. It, it matters because um, relationship with staff and quality of, of uh, um, qualifications of staff matter hugely in relation to quality. Um, consistency of relationship, consistency of care and education. So it should matter um, to parents. And of course, the other reason why it should matter to parents is because it's indicative of Ireland being at the bottom of the league in terms of investment. So what we have in Ireland is a horrible um, triple whammy, if you will, which is that we can't guarantee quality across the board to uh, babies and children the way they can in Scandinavian countries, no matter what background those uh, children come from. We cannot guarantee, uh, never mind a living wage, a pay scale, decent terms. In fact, we would argue in Early Childhood Ireland there should be excellent terms and conditions. We want the best people uh, in the country working um, in early years care and education. And of course, as every parent will know listening, uh, what happens then is that uh, we have some of the highest fees in the European Union and uh, certainly in terms of take-home pay, after-tax pay, parents will describe it as a second mortgage or a second month's rent. And none of this is acceptable. And as long as Ireland 
uh, remains uh, at the bottom of the EU investment league. I'm afraid it's going to continue. So I suppose parents as voters uh, should care about this as well, but primarily, of course, for the impact on their babies and children. Sure. We're chatting to Francis Byrne from Early Childhood Ireland and Limerick-based Marion Quinn from the Association of Childhood Professionals. Something you mentioned um, earlier, Marion, do we have any sense of what percentage of the turnover is people going from one creche to another creche for a few euro more? Yeah, I mean, twenty-three percent of of the turnover is um, is people leaving altogether. Um, so the rest is is for is uh, people who are moving um, services. Now, I mean, the, the research shows that they're leaving for as little as fifty cents an hour um, because margins are so tight um, for people who you know who are on um, you know this is more than minimum wage and certainly less than living wage, and um, that any few cents w- will matter. Um, I suppose at least if we've got what's known as churning, so people kind of moving um, from centre to centre, then the expertise is staying within um, early years. But the difficulty is with, with 23% um, leaving the sector altogether, um, that's, a lot, that's a lot of expertise and it's a lot of qualifications, a lot of investment um, that's leaving out of early years. And, and obviously the children and families are losing out as a result of that. Um, that's the full, the full daycare figure is, you know, is, is just over 40%. Um, if we look at it as averages, so including preschools in that, it brings it down to about 24%. And sometimes the department will quote that figure because obviously it's a lesser one. Um, because but conditions tend to be a little bit different in, in preschools than what they are in creches um, because creches have got I mean, different level of expenses. They've got baby and toddler rooms that, you know, really because of the very, very tight ratio that, that's there, um, even the, the high fee that the parents are paying doesn't cover the cost of, um, you know, those babies and toddler rooms. So essentially you have, you know, the, the kind of the rest of the service subsidising it. Um, so, I mean, obviously... You know, maybe there's less money in, in a lot of those services to, to be able to pay staff. Yeah. Um, but that said, in yeah. some services, they would be able to um, you know, kind of pay staff more. And that's where you tend to have the journey where, where yeah. they would go yeah. to I that mean, service. Francis Byrne, you know, that is something that parents will be scratching their heads around. They'll think, well, you know, I feel as though I'm paying a lot for childcare, for creches at the moment. Where's the money going? Well, this is it. And, uh, uh, Joan, it's a very legitimate question. But as I said, it's because in Ireland, so if you take an example, if you take Sweden, uh, which would be regarded as having really high quality um, care and education for young children, as well as very strong parental leave allowances, paid parental leave allowances for parents, as well as uh, very low levels of child poverty, they invest almost 2% of their gross domestic product every year. In other words, what the government takes in every year uh, in taxation and so on. In Ireland, we're investing now. It's very problematic to measure it in Ireland for reasons I won't go into, but it's somewhere between 0.1 and 0.2 of 1%. So that's the reason why we are in Ireland, you know, as having a very, very fragile sector. Uh, providers struggle to make ends meet in Limerick and beyond. Uh, parents experience high fees, and we have been um, uh, very very well qualified, right. very committed. So, so in Sweden, they're paying uh, between 10 and 15 times a year more into the kitty for childcare than we are here. They're paying, uh, they're actually paying um, about about 200% more because right. of point, I know, point one, point one of 1% of 1%. Oh, point one of 1%. Nearly, yeah, okay. whereas they're paying nearly 2%. Um, so yes, we have a long way to go. Look, the last government made inroads 
um, there was an increase of about 117% um, over a three-year period. That's very welcome. But it's on the back of decades of historical underinvestment. We simply are the laggards uh, in the European Union. We have seen during COVID-19 the absolute centrality of our sector, uh, early childhood Ireland members all around the country, how important they are to the 206,000 children who go to creches, full daycare, creches, um, preschool and so on every day. Um, we saw lovely images and stories of children running back on the 29th of June. Um, they're really important places in their own right. They're really important workplaces where workers should feel much more valued and recognised than they do. But the sector is also very essential and valuable to the rest right. of the economy um, and society. So yeah. To be taken seriously and investment must increase. Right, we're talking to Francis Burnham, Early Childhood Ireland and Marion Quinn from the Association of Childhood Professionals and if you're looking at that um, situation, uh, Marion, one of the key elements of this presumably is the extra costs and I know there has been some supplementation by the government uh, around COVID but it seems so far as though the sector's handled that well and kids have got back to creche where creches remain open, and that isn't always the case, including in Limerick, for other reasons maybe, or because of the COVID uh, crisis, it's gone pretty well so far. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's one thing that we have, and we've always had, and, minister and, and various ministers have talked about it, and we've got a very, very dedicated workforce, and I suppose that's part of the reason why um, it's, been, it's been put up with for so long, um, is because the workforce is so dedicated and the providers are so dedicated to the families and children. So when they opened, um, you know, there were guidelines that were in place and the services, um, you know, accepted the guidelines. And actually many went above and beyond the guidelines. And they got grants, some, some got very small grants, some got um, more sizable grants. Um, and they put invested their own personal money into as well to make the services as safe as possible. Um, notwithstanding that no service can be in, impenetrable. I mean, um, it is an, an invisible virus in, in a lot of cases. Um, but yes, it has, it has worked really well um, to date in terms of the opening. Now, obviously, we do have concerns because with a high staff turnover rate, um, we want to maintain the integrity of the pods that are being used in services. So in other words, we want to have the same consistent staff in those pods and not have, you know, kind of um, staff needing to move between rooms because obviously, you know, there's, there's a higher contact tracing um, if there is, uh, you know, a case in, in the service um, and there's potentially more rooms or the whole service needing to close, which, you know, isn't going to do you know, children, the staff, the families any good. Um, so we need to now, I suppose, um, to look going, we're going into the winter, um, you know, where they will be, you know, kind of, you know, flu, there'll be usual cold, um, you know, potential COVID um, cases and where staff will, well, you know, maybe decide, well, actually, this is not for me. Um, you know, there's, uh, you know, with, with maybe having to be off because, I mean, we do, any staff who works in the centre, they pick up coughs and they pick up colds and, and we know now they are, they are also symptoms of COVID. Um, so if the staff are going to have to be, you know, self-isolating for two weeks, um, you know, potential delays in, in tests as, as tests, you know, increase and more people need to be refer, referred to test for tests, um, you know, those people won't be able to afford to stay, um, you know, working in early years. Um, and then, I mean, we're, we're in big trouble because we were already in a staffing crisis right. coming into it. Um, it's getting worse now. Yeah. So it is a difficulty. Yeah, and one other point that I think listeners would like to know about, um, Francis, and that is that, you know, the turnover isn't consistent. In other words, in other childcare settings, childminders 
and the like. And sometimes I accept that leads to shorter hours maybe than the hours in, in a creche. It appears as though staff are either happier or are more prepared to put up with it, maybe because the hours per day are a bit shorter. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a very mixed picture. You know, um, when when we say uh, preschools and creches and full daycare, I'm sure people are going, uh, it might be confusing for for people who don't have children in creches, but there are all different types of care and education available, uh, which is good, which is good for children. That that flexibility for children and families is important. Um, But certainly it's a mixed picture in terms of provision and also in terms of turnover. So you will have, and, and we have, um, it, among our membership um, in Early Childhood Ireland and Limerick and beyond, staff who've been there uh, 17, 18, uh, 19, 20 years. Indeed, we have a couple of crashes sprinkled throughout uh, the country where you now have a granddaughter uh, taking over the management of a crash that was founded by her grandmother um, back in the back in the 60s or 70s. So it's a very mixed picture in terms of um, longevity and in terms of uh, of provision, but Altogether, um, it's a fragile enough picture, and Marion is absolutely right to say that COVID throws that into very sharp relief around, you know, an existing staffing crisis, and now mm. for very um, correct public yeah. health guidelines that yeah. everybody wants to obey, yeah. there are but, grave concerns, and, and you know, we will be saying in Early Childhood Ireland, one of the things that needs to happen is staffing pressure must be fast tracked for testing, um, as we understand teachers are going to be, because that's going to have a knock-on effect. If, if staff have to isolate while they're waiting for tests, that yes. will impact on all of, of course this. And it it's will. a very great situation. Okay, I, I suspect we'll have both of you and others on talking about this uh, during uh, the winter ahead, but thank you very much for highlighting uh, some of the concerns and also some of the positives since uh, creches have started to come back. Uh, appreciate your time. Limerick-based Marion Quinn from the Association of Childhood Professionals uh, and Francis Byrne from Early Childhood Ireland. Call Limerick Today now on 461995.